Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. Really hope we see you there. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewellery gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com We are delighted to be partnered back up with online therapy app Mindler. If you're struggling with your mental health and it's impacting your daily life or you just need someone to talk to, Mindler is a brilliant app that is helping to make therapy accessible. Mindler is a digital healthcare provider that offers online therapy with psychologists via video call in their app. You can choose which psychologist that you'd like to speak to and on the website and app you can filter by the psychologist's specialties and also see their photo and bio before you book. Mindler has short waiting times and once you've booked in your first video call on the app with a psychologist you get unlimited access to a whole library of self-help programs which can either be carried out independently or with the help of a psychologist. These programs cover a range of diagnoses including stress, depression, anxiety, burnout and more. You can use code DELETE22 to get 50% off your first session. Oh my god, why did I post that? Ah, I don't know what to do! Should I delete that? Yeah, you should definitely delete that. (laughs) (laughs) Hello! We had some technical difficulties. I am in holiday mode. I have no, like, work brain capacity for anything. One appointment a day and I'm done for. I was just saying to you before we recorded that with two weeks... A two-week holiday with, with the first week, everybody's delighted for you. And they're like, ah, no, you deserve a break. Have the best time. So happy for you. And then by the second week, they're like, all right, you fucking wanker. Get home. We know you've had a lovely time and we're absolutely sick of it. So I just want to say for all the listeners today, I'm sorry. I will be home by the time the next Do not be sorry. Out. You just, you live your best life. You have a great time. You've done me a massive solid today because you are currently recording from bed. Yeah. <laughs> It's like 9pm England time. It's good. We made it. We're here. You're home. Are you well? Are you good? What's up? What's... I haven't even spoken to you in a week. I haven't spoken to you since you didn't let Dave vomit in your handbag because you're so stingy and a bad wife. <laughs> We're back. We're home. We're home from New York and we went straight to, we got back from New York and then went straight to the Lake District for his cousin's wedding. Stunning. Yeah. So that was really nice. Gorgeous. It's so beautiful up there. Not as exciting as you, but... Well, you're not as sunburned as me either, so there's peaks and I was going to say, <laughs> you're very colourful. This, this light's not doing me massive favours. I look quite great <laughs> in the flesh, but if one more person texts me on Instagram being like, put sunkey on, I'm like, what do you think is happening here? Do you think I just come out in the morning and I'm just like, ah, come on, sun. Like, I'll take you on. Um, obviously, I've got sun cream on. I'm just, I'm one of those people... I go all sorts of colours, but in the end, it always works out all right. So 
Although I admittedly today I am the the hue the saturation is a little high. Quite high. If I was just, editing your just, picture just I would turn I turn down the, the, the red. temptation I put up a photo on Instagram earlier the temptation for me just to like slightly knock down the saturation because I didn't want any shit. But I was brave. I was like, you know what? I can't do any of this body confidence shit if I'm not going to own my mistakes. You know what I mean? Like, we can't all exactly. be fucking irresponsible adults that remember to put sun cream on every 22 minutes. Like, some of us yeah. fall asleep. Some of us have too much wine at lunch and just and sleep, you know? <laughs> and, and what about us? We deserve to love our bodies too. <laughs> and do you know what? You don't owe anyone responsible sunbathing. Do you know what I mean? That's true. Thanks, Al. That's made me feel better. I mean, I owe it to myself and my future fucking... I'm going to yeah. have, like... My, my boobs are going to look like someone's put, like, golf balls into a pair of socks by the time I come home. <laughs> it's just so saggy. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, but kick us off. The good. The bad. And the awkward. Kick us off. Have you got anything good from your week, please? Your honour, or bad, or awkward, anything. Well, I'm going to start with my bad. Do you know what? I get tagged probably, and and this is no exaggeration, probably about 15 times a day in heatless curls stuff. Like tagged and sent stuff (laughs) about heatless curls, right? People are like, have you seen this one? Have you seen this one? Is this your next go? Is this worth another go? Blah, 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 blah. Anyway... I bought into the hype. Again. Despite having vowed not to do it again. I vowed not to do it again. And Dave said, stop doing it, Al. Just stop subjecting yourself to it. And I did. And I was successful for quite a long time. But anyway, and people kept sending me this one. Over and over again, I relapsed. Ah. And it was this man. And he put a phone ring around his hair. And then he woke up in the morning, presumably took the phone ring out and he had these stunning, glossy, bouncy curls. So I very naively thought, I can do that. Let me do that. I'm going to do that. And obviously I tried it and it fell very literally, literally and metaphorically fell flat. It was bad, possibly the worst attempt I ever had. And I think I was duped. I think the guy that did the video initially, I think it was a fake do you? Yes, because you've been had. When I uploaded it, everyone was like, "Oh, but he, his curls are too small for that ring." So we think <gasps> that he's curled his hair, and then and then faked it all. And I feel duped. I feel had. And I feel no wonder on your behalf. No, that's, that's a no really that's, that's, a, that's a really shitty. Does he not know what you've been through on your quest for Elizabeth's curls? How Literally. irresponsible. So, yeah, so I, I put it on, on the grid and some of the comments were making me laugh, right, this one. Are you trying to compare bleached, short, thin hair with natural, curled, thick, long hair, said someone. So I replied saying, stop with the compliments, you're making me blush. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. And then <laughs> another girl said, okay, so no offence, I mean, when you start it with no offence, you're always going to... No, you're always you gonna know you're about to say something really shitty. Offense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always going to get offended. No offence. But did you really expect the same result from your hair as from the dude with the natural curls? You are setting yourself up to fail here, love. Your hair is thin and looks rather straight. I really don't think that heatless curls will take you far. Sad face, crying face. It's <laughs> like... Wow. And I replied and said, stop treating me like I'm clever. Because, yes, I did expect, I I was expecting some beautiful, I don't know. 
results. Well, they do market these things for all hair types. They do. And I've seen people with thin hair get good results. And oh, I don't know. I mean, you'll probably do it and come out with something beautiful and luscious and whatever. If and I'll I do sick. it, I won't tell you. I did feel so bad because I didn't realise the same night that you were that you were attempting this that I'd, I'd plopped my hair for the first time. And, and I was like, God, my curls look amazing. And then all my DMs were like, why are you doing this to Alex? Why do you hate Alex? Why are you ruining Alex's life? Why are you making Alex cry? I was like, oops. I hate the need. It's the same thing with the sunburn and with your thin hair. Like, why are you telling me? Like, why are you telling me that I'm burned? Why are you telling her that she's got thin hair? We know. We know. I know. Like, <laughs> I live with my hair. No offence, but you've got really thin hair. I don't know if you know. It's just like, all right. I, if I had a pound, how many people over the last week have told me I have thin hair? It's like, I am the one that lives with it on top of my head every day. I touch <laughs> it all the time. I know that my hair is thin. But thank you so much for reminding me. Day in, day out. So that's been fun. Anyway, what about you? Where do you want to start? Well, my bad... I don't really have a bad because I'm still having the best one of my life. I'll, I'll just tell you that my heat rash is spread from my feet to my tits, which is heinous. But it's not really a bad that I'm going to dwell on because I think that might be a first world problem in the highest order. I'm taking my antihistamines, which is fine, apart from the fact that I'm super drowsy after lunch. I keep falling asleep, but that's okay. But I'm just <laughs> going to tell you my awkward because I was panicking today. I was like, oh my God, I don't have an awkward and it's going to be so bad. Um... And, you know, like I, did, I was just, I was, I was racking my brain. I was like, what have I done? And then today I was playing catch with my friend because I'm a child and I can't do grown up things on holiday. I have to resort to literally playing ball games. And I was playing catch and he said, my friend said, okay, give me everything you've got. And I was like, is that a challenge? So I picked up this ball and literally with every fibre of muscle I, I possess, which isn't, not a lot you know what I mean like I'm not I'm not one of these like oh like dainty throwers I'm like I've got like a masculine throw like I almost grunt when I throw and everybody goes oh well, that's a good throw and I'm like I know so I'm actually I have anyway what I what I what I don't have I have power what I don't have is aim as it transpires so Fred said <laughs> can you give me all you've got and I was like okay and I picked up this this and Alex, I swear to God, it happened in slow motion. With every single piece of strength I possessed, I threw the tennis ball, and Fred and I saw Fred miss it, which I'm I'm going to hold him to account for a little bit of this because yes, it wasn't a great throw, but it was a terrible attempt at a catch. And out of nowhere, from behind this bush, this old man's head just appeared, oh. and all I could see was the ball and this guy's oh, head no. and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god but like literally must have been like a split second this guy's face and it was like the fucking matrix he obviously saw this tennis ball which was soaking wet come out of nowhere and he pulled his head back and it missed by literally I mean he said afterwards when I spoke to him he said he felt the water particles from the tennis ball all over his face it was so so close and honestly like I don't mean to toot my own horn and be like oh my god I'm so strong but it legitimately nearly broke this guy's nose like if it would have hit him it would have smashed his face in and he was old like you know he was not 
not in the market for a broken nose. It wouldn't have been endearing. It wouldn't have been like, you know, lads. It was like, this guy was like, he probably has grandchildren. In fact, he definitely has grandchildren and I nearly took his head off. So it was so embarrassing. So embarrassing. And this is, you know, like I'm I'm in a nice place and I've got I'm still here. You know what I mean? Like I've got a few more days and I've got to see these people. And his wife was so nice, but also, you know, I could see the fear in her eyes. I I just, assassination attempt on her husband. It was so bad. So bad. The it would have been my that bad had it hit him. So luckily, um, luckily it's just an awkward, not a bad. My mum, honestly, I haven't I l- been told off like that for years. My mum looked at me and she's like, Emily, you can't, you can't play a game. You can't. And I'm just, I just like, we've been coming here since I was a kid. I just have flashbacks to my childhood being like, darling, you can't play out here. <laughs> Stop playing with balls on the beach. It's just, you know, there are people trying to have a nice time. I've read five books this trip so far. Okay. That's good. Oh, well done. Thank you. I'm a multitasker. Do you know what? I've just bought new books. I'm going to show them to you here. One is called No Mud, No Lotus, which is the art of transforming okay. suffering. Okay, that sounds healthy. <laughs> the other one is Are called you okay? Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> no, it's, What's happening? It's, it's not any Do you need me to come home? Kind of Are you all right? I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm really... <laughs> A bit of light reading, is it? I'm lost. I'm lost without you, Em. And then the next one is The Demon Haunted World, Science as a Candle in the Dark. Are you okay? Look at you. First of all, you hit me with a conspiracy theory with, with, with your man with the curled hair. And now you're coming at me with devil books. That's it. I'm going to come home. You're going to be in the Illuminati. You and Beyonce. Be like, Where, where's ours? And you want to see it? No, she's in the Bermuda Triangle. She's gone. <sighs> oh, I just thought, you know, I'm determined to finish these. So I'll let you know. Why don't you buy a book that's actually good and then you can just in, and then you'll then you'll have the incentive to finish it? Because I like this stuff. I'm interested in this stuff. I just can't <laughs> fucking finish them. For shit. <laughs> I need to like pin myself down, like handcuff myself. You just bit matchsticks on your eyeballs. I've read some really good books since I've been here, and I will recommend specifically Rachel's Holiday by Marianne Keys. And I'm putting this into the ether. I want okay. Marianne on the podcast. If anyone knows Marianne Keys, can you just be like, look, we know these girls, they're a disaster, but you'll love them. Um, because <laughs> she's an author and I love her. But that was one of her books my mum actually recommended to me, and it was so good. So if anyone's looking for a okay. really great lovely light but also kind of serious and just brilliantly warming read rachel's holiday is very good and if you haven't come across marianne keys before then read grown-ups because that's the absolute tits i love i love marianne and all the books she writes oh yeah she also has a podcast i just obsessed with her oh let's try and get her on let's see if she'll come on um what what have you got that's awkward for me please your honor uh so my my awkward is dave's awkward because uh he was extremely awkward so in new york i'd done i'd spoken to a few people before going out there and they said uh if you like musicals you have to go to ellen's stardust diner which is basically this at diner so it's where you eat don't know why i bothered explaining that because it's clues in the clues in the name so the waiters are all broadway hopefuls like they're they hope they're wanting to get cast they're ready to get cast and they sing to you they do like sing, like acts and dances and singing while they serve you your food and it is so good but anyway the day before i was like dave i'm taking us to brunch t- tomorrow he was like okay um is it you know what's it like? And I was like, oh, it's 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 just stuff that you'll like, I promise. And I took him to this diner, and it was the campest, best 
thing, like full of glitter. There was confetti everywhere. There was dancing. There was singing. There was pancakes. I was literally in my absolute element and have never seen Dave so uncomfortable in my entire life. I was clapping. Dave got a sneaky video of me clapping because I was like, woo! Al loves the clap. <laughs> We've been through it. We know she loves it. She fucking I loves do. the clap. Round of applause. And they were so good. And I've just never seen Dave so uncomfortable. He had his head down at all times. And I was like, you can enjoy this, you know. And he was like, I can't. It's not in my nature to enjoy something like this. (laughs) So that was his awkward, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So what's your good? I'm not allowing myself a good this week because the good is very obvious. I'm still on holiday. So that's it. And that's all I'm going to say on the matter because I don't want anybody to hate me any more than they already do. Okay, cool. I mean, my my good isn't great either, so should we just skip it? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's too depressing. I'm actually just going to say... Should we just not have any good this week? Um, I'm actually just going to say on the good thing, I realised yesterday, like, I was so anxious before we came here. Like, I was very... I think my following grew so much during lockdown, and, like, I was very much in the UK and stuff and and you know that's kind of where all my followers knew me and 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 I found like during covid when when in instagrammers or whatever went away you know it was fucking jarring wasn't it and like I think lockdown's made our relationship with work so weird and I didn't really I haven't really taken any time off in like months or probably years really and you know even with my face and stuff I think I've just had a very like oddly kind of not stressful but like unrelaxing couple of a year maybe anyway since since my first jaw operation and it's been really fun and I've loved my life and everything but I haven't really had any time off yeah. and I was so anxious about coming here because I was just like oh god like the anyway and, and I didn't want to share anything because I thought everyone would be angry with me for going away and actually it's been so nice and I don't think I realized like how much I needed some time just to be like chilling um and I feel amazing and really well rested and I've got to that lovely stage where you're like okay I'm really looking forward to coming home now because like I miss Boa and like you know like and and my work and stuff but I I really I felt like I've slept I was drunk for like three days in on the bounce it was really bad like I literally just lost three days and I didn't pick up my phone or anything and and I never would have done that you know even when I'm still like going at it both ends I'm always still coming at it from one end and just for the last like 10 days I've just gone at it from just the one end and it's been so lovely and I've still obviously got got terrible guilt about it but less less guilt than I would normally have so that's actually been really good for me I think I feel really nice great good good on you look everyone deserves a break you deserve a break and like even if you didn't deserve a break like you can go on holiday you know and just live your life but you do deserve a break as well and I just I don't think you should feel guilty about it at all we can say it till the cows come home that we're responsible that everybody's responsible for their own triggers but there is a balance between you know people accepting that that you know if things make them feel bad they shouldn't look at it and also we do have a responsibility to an extent I think to be responsible yeah or at least aware that not everybody's going to be in the headspace to see what we're sharing at any given time and I think sometimes you know right. like I, you know you don't want to flout flout things and and so that I think there is a balance to be struck and I think our jobs you just have to balance it you know it's just more of a more more of an activity but I mean that you know it's it's fine it's just I think it's quite new to me because because my following grew so much during Covid yeah 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 same I am like particularly I am like conscious conscious of like 
what will people think of me if I say this or that? I'm second guessing all the time and I'm like taking stuff down, as you know, deleting stuff constantly. I'm like, I just, I, I, I feel, yeah, exactly. I feel very unsure of myself a lot. And then I saw this quote the, the other day and I thought this was so apt. It said, they're going to talk about you regardless. So you might as well live the life you want while they do it. And I was like, that is so true. Like they are going to talk no matter what, like no matter what you put up, yeah. what you upload. Someone is not going to like it somewhere. But also even in your own life, you know, like people who don't do it on Instagram, that applies. You know, if you're yeah. at school, if you're at whatever, people are always going to chat shit because that's what human beings do, you know, and right. particularly unhealed humans, unhealed people, bitch, it's what happens. And you can't live a smaller life because you're worried about unhealed people bitching about you. And I don't mean that in a holiday capacity. I just mean that in a in a general capacity. I don't know. But it's true. I like that quote. Have you got anything good to tell me, Al? Anything good at all? Anything good? Just pluck me something out of the air. We can't have all bads and awkwards. Without it sounding very, like, boasty, like, oh, I went to New York. But I actually did have a really good time in New York. And I was worried that I was going to be lonely because, obviously, Dave was at the office. But I And I'm not good at being by myself I'm quite a dependent person like in London I'm not I feel like I'm okay in London but the moment you put me out of my comfort zone I'm lost I'm completely lost I'm like a fish out of water so I kind of I knew it was going to be a challenge and I was just like I'm just gonna do it yeah I had a really nice time as someone who's very not street smart at all it was yeah it, it was nice it was nice to push myself a little bit and do things by myself and we went to the comedy a comedy store on our last night and I had the time of my life I I, I love I love live comedy Comedy so much it's literally my uh, favorite favorite no. thing to do it's no so no no you could only go to live comedy when you know that the comedian is the fucking funniest person in the whole world nothing stresses me out more than than, than a wild card than than somebody new than, than somebody's yeah. first show i'm like ah what's that one in london called where you go oh, and they ring comedy the bell store. and if you're Oh. Ah, yeah, and and they and they and you the crowd decides if they're good enough, and if they're not, they get no, that's booed not nice. off. No, it's horrible. I've been to it twice, and I'm genuine. It makes me want to cry. Like even thinking about it, I get stressed out. No, see, to me, that's bad comedy. You shouldn't. I, I don't like the judgment. I do not like the let's ring a bell to determine whether or not they should stay. Absolutely not. But if you get like a good comedy club, uh, it's just. To me, there's nothing like it. It's like the best night out for me. What if they're a bad one? But you, if you go to if you go to a good comedy comedy club, you don't like at the comedy store in London. Like you'd never get you'd never get that. But like my a totally irrational fear because it's obviously never going to happen is me being on the stage and introducing an act, right? But then they're like, oh, sorry, it's going to be ten minutes until the act comes out. You've got to fill the time. Like that is an irrational fear for me. I remember it happened. I remember watching it on TV when I was young and it was at a festival and the act was supposed to come out and then they were like, sorry, oh, it's going to be five minutes. So what should we talk about? Like that is my idea of hell. Can you imagine? Improvi improvisation. Improvisation. Uh, I just couldn't do it to save my life. Yeah, I think these people are a different ilk. They're brave. Let's talk to a comedian. If anyone's got a comedian that they love, can you... Like a, a reasonable one, not like Rebel Wilson, because she she doesn't want to talk to us, okay? But like <laughs> she said, no, she it's okay. okay. No. Yeah, and we're fine <laughs> about it. Um, yeah, basically, I I, I want to talk to someone about doing comedy, like at the comedy store, like starting out in comedy. Ah, like I actually want to talk to female comedians as well because that that as well, like you have to work so much harder to be 
a funny woman. Like you have to work so much, so harder. much harder to be a female comedian. It's like I I always think that at the comedy store things. It's just like oh my god, for, like first of all people get annoyed with you I think for like talking about like women's things because they're like oh well you know we need to find female comedians that can talk about other things but then they you know like it's a massive part of who they are but then it instantly either ostracizes half the audience because most of the viewers are men or like I don't know like it just feels like so hard to strike the balance for women and they're already on the back foot because societally society we say that that women can't be funny or they can't be pretty and funny so like there's like a lack of respect almost that comes. And I feel like the, really sadly, the disappointment is palpable when an, a female, introdu- a comedian is introduced on stage, which is so sad because people yeah. think, oh, they're, ju- they're not going to be as funny as the men. Right. Um, yeah, so basically neither of us are going to be comedians. That's okay. Actually, I've got something to tell you and I was going to tell you when I got home, but I've actually booked you in. Um, we've got a slot at the Comedy Store next Tuesday night <laughs> at 7. You're introducing me. Don't worry, I won't be late. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Imagine and then I just wouldn't show up and you'd have to improvise. I'd be like, um, what did the cheese say to itself in the mirror? <laughs> Hello, me. <laughs> Hello, me. <laughs> I'm really sorry for knowing it. That's the only joke I know. I've got an interview to introduce to you and I'm so excited uh, by this as I am every time, but this one especially because this is my friend, our friend, Soph Butler, who if you don't follow, you're a goddamn fool. Oh, okay, I'm going to read Sophie's bio because she says it better than we could say. 20-something disabled queen in the city, figuring out fashion, fitness and feminism. Cosmopolitan influencer of the year. I like that she's put that in there. Love it. We talked to Sophie a lot about fashion in this episode and she has recently moved to London and she is absolutely living her best life. And it's so wonderful to see such unapologetic joy and confidence. And I just think Sophie emanates power. And I love her very much. And I'm so excited that we got to talk to her. And she's inspired us. To be more creative, hasn't she? With, at least with me. I, she's inspired me. You sound so nervous gonna, as you say it. I'm going to do new makeup. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to expand my fashion horizons. Watch this space. Because she's great. And she turned up looking so good. So good. She just made me, I just felt like her mom. Like, I just felt like, I felt like we looked yeah. like her mums. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Yeah. But also... <laughs> We love her a lot and a lot. And she's going to make us cool. Watch this face. I feel like she was representing Gen Z and I, I felt like a boomer. <laughs> well, that's what, that's, how, that's how it felt. Under your arm. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> okay, well, without further ado, we've done what we always do. Please enjoy this interview with our lovely friend, Soph Butler. <laughs> I'm so excited, Soph, you're here. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for having me. I'm going to have introduced you before we even speak to you. So I'm just going to say that I'm really happy that you're here because um, you're my friend and you're a... Why did you laugh when I say that? I don't know, it just just sounded funny. You're you're my (laughs) Right, in that case... You're my friend. (laughs) Oh, friends. (laughs) You're my friend, friends. Right, well, fuck you, fine. We're not friends. And I don't know who she is. We just dragged her in (laughs) off the street. Um, I'm really excited that we've got (laughs) Soph here. And it's like, feels so well-timed because about a month and a half ago, you moved to London Mm -hmm. and you've been living your best life. My only sadness and grievance is that we are recording this in our studio and not in your house. Yes. I mean, 
you you didn't ask. I would have invited you over if you wanted to come. <gasps> it's a bit weird, isn't it? Hi, yeah. Can we come to your can house? Can we all please? come to your house? <laughs> or you can, we you like can the just view. come on non-professional matters. Yeah. Okay. You know, okay. It's not the only time we're going to see each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I might just extend an invitation for another meeting. That'd Thank you very nice. much. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to come like with a couple of pillows, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a case or two. I'm going to bring the dog. It's, we're just going to come stay. Yeah. Watch in. the sunrise. Yeah. <laughs> it's so presumptuous to say you're living your best life. But it kind of looks like you're living mm. your best life. Like, it feels like a real vibe. I feel like Taylor Swift would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, um, but it's so nice to see, like, just someone being so ha- happy. Well, yeah, I mean, it's so, yeah. it's just really great. Do you know what? It's in, it's really nice to come on a podcast and be at a point in my life where I, like, I'm actually living my best life. And like, <laughs> where I am just literally vibing. Because um, normally every podcast I go on to and they're like, so tell me about your accident. And tell me about this. And tell me about for the, for the last, like, God knows however many years. And now I'm like, no, do you know what? Now I'm going to come on and I'm going to talk about being very happy in London and being very extravagantly dressed every day. Um, but, yeah, it has just been just a total vibe. Is that really cringy to say? But it has been a vibe for the last sort of month and a bit. And it all feels like it's it's not happened really quickly. It's something that I've been planning and working towards for years and years. But it feels literally like overnight when I moved in, something just kind of sort of changed and sort of shifted and it almost just feels like everything's just kind of well my whole life has like changed in like this month and a half and everything's just kind of sort of shifting into different places stunning because you were in Essex before right yeah yeah Yeah, and like for context you were living with your dad yeah so not not too far away so I'm originally from Basildon and it's very 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 different very like rural very sort of small town England um, it's not bad, but it's not what I wanted like, mm. for my life. I always knew I was going to end up in London. I always wanted to be in London. It's where I've always wanted to be. Um, yeah, with my dad and my stepmom, and of course Daisy. Daisy the Labrador. Daisy Aww. the Labrador. Yeah, Aww. missing her very much. Are you? <laughs> I couldn't. Well, I mean, I said I couldn't do it. I have done it. I, I just it breaks my heart. You can't FaceTime dogs. You can't text them. You just got to trust that they know. She loves. She does have a phone call or a FaceTime though. She um the second she hears my like my voice on the phone, she'll like spring up. Oh. But yeah, she Cute. um I do need to go home and see her soon. But I kind of didn't want to be going home all the time. But I think that would be good for the both of us. Yeah, <laughs> just like just not leaving. Oh. Um, and and so I love that. So you knew you wanted to like live in London one day, and you've done it in style because you have the most epic views across London. I just love your your stories. It just makes me feel like so happy to see them. It must be nice to wake up to that. It is. You know what? I've not closed the curtains like once since I've been there. It's just like it's waking up to that view and then going to bed as well I do this this thing which is probably really corny now that I say it out loud but when I used to live at home with my dad we used to do this thing when we go to bed where we'd be really like exaggeratedly blow each other kisses before we went to bed like just very like like very over the top like just being really sarcastic um but now when I'm at home I do it to London I do it to the view and I just feel like it's at the end of Beyonce at a show Love I'm it. Like, I'm just like, thank you so much, London. Good night, London. You're the loudest crowd we've had on this tour so far. And then, like, just off to the bedroom. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you're like, your word, like, word choice of vibe is so accurate. Like, I do feel like that. I just, I, I, I find it hard to, like, um, 
balance the fact that we live in the same city and when I go to bed I'm just like crabby like shuffling with a cup of tea up to my bedroom in my like tracksuit <laughs> and I imagine you just like blowing kisses to, yeah. to the like to the rooftops and then there's just people like me with our teas in bed being like nice and I, I see you in like an incredible dressing gown you know those ones with like super long and like fur trim yeah like a satin have you got yeah, one I've you got do. yes you know, I've got this <laughs> like, yes, I've, I I've got an alternate what's the word alternation I alternate between about three of them okay. so I've like two satin oh. ones but I've got a nice fluffy one which is very nice because I've got a nice matching little night dress with it like I feel like so much of your fashion and like your makeup as well like it's it feels like a big part of I, obviously it's identity isn't it but like do you feel like you're growing into it or like finding like I, I always think with identity because I don't know if I have crisis on the body <laughs> we just took a sad turn yeah <laughs> I mean like I don't know if I have like <laughs> I can't finish it I think what you mean like it's always this kind of question where a lot of people say like you're finding yourself I always more think of it as like creating yourself rather than finding yourself yeah Something that I have noticed in like the last sort of few years is kind of returning more. I feel like I'm returning a little bit more towards like my inner child and like things that like I liked as a kid or maybe you kind of get, you know, you you get to a certain age and you get shamed out of it or you're embarrassed or whatever. So for example, like Doctor Who and all the geeky stuff that I'm like, I'm like, I love that as a kid. And then when you get to a certain age as a teenager, it gets a little bit embarrassing to like certain things or do certain things. And I think when you get to about 25 and your prefrontal cortex is finally fully finished up there um and you get to kind of you're a bit more grown up you're also uh, hopefully don't care what people think of you by this point and you can kind of also enjoy the things you enjoy now but also return back to those like almost like childlike things and almost kind of like healing that inner child and kind of really leaning into that um so I think a lot of that I think like my style when it comes to style and makeup and that I think because I grew up absolutely like adoring like Madonna um, all big pop icons, Beyonce, um, Prince, Bowie, like, and music is a big, big part of like my identity. Um, so I think like that when it comes to like style and fashion, I think it no, it is an interesting question as to whether you create yourself or whether do you, yeah. you know, do you find yourself? I think maybe it's a bit of both. I think you can kind of you naturally, obviously, you naturally are as a person. We all have our natural reactions to things and stuff. But I always think like especially when you're so, you're going somewhere new, you're going to a new situation, and these people don't know you. You can you can be whoever you like in this situation. You can put on a character. You can put on an alter ego. You can do whatever. Like, no one knows. And to be honest, no one probably cares either. Yeah. yeah. Um, it definitely, like, feels like a form of self-expression for you. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, th- there's a, there was always a question around makeup, especially whether it's, like, covering up or whether it is, like, self-expression. I think that does lean into fashion as well because um, you always think, like, are we doing it because we want to or are we doing it because we feel we have to? And I feel like maybe from, like, a younger age, I would, like, wear makeup or do certain things because I felt like I had to and that's kind of the norm. You have to be presentable and look a certain way, whereas I think I got to a certain age, particularly after my accident, where I was just, like, just doing things just that make me feel good. And I noticed that when, especially when I was um, like just after my injury and I couldn't really leave the house a lot, even if I wasn't leaving the house or even if I was leaving just to go sandwiches with my dad or something, like getting to put on like an outfit that wasn't just joggers or whatever. Not like there's anything wrong with that, but getting to actually wear an outfit and get dressed up made me feel good. Um, even if I was just doing it in the house. And that's when I kind of sort of, really saw that it was for me and that's something that makes me feel good um 
and not just doing it because like oh, I want to impress anyone else. Because mm-hmm. I I do get told that I, that I overdress a lot, and I'm like, well, what does it even mean to overdress? Yes, yeah. Like what is what dress? Exactly. Yeah. Well, what is the standard of dressing? Who gives a fuck? Like <laughs> who gives a fuck what you wear? Like if you'd have shown up today in jeans and a t-shirt, I wouldn't have looked twice. If you shown up today in a big ballroom dress, I wouldn't have looked twice. Who Wish cares? I'd done that. <laughs> no, I know. This should I have been the got, day. Yeah, I should have, yeah. <laughs> of all the days, today oh, should have been yeah. the day because you're. I am obsessed with your outfits and makeup looks on Instagram because I feel like they are both, like, they go so well together and they make me want to experiment, but I am dull and boring. <laughs> Why are we so sad? I'm oh, like, my God. I have no identity. I have no like, identity. Also, I just want to say for the record now that I do not agree with these self-deprecating Thank statements you. that Bye. are coming out. In just in case nice I'm sitting here you. like, yeah. Yeah. But I see them yeah, and then I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do something cool with my makeup today. And then I end up doing the same thing like, I, over and over again. I said this the other day, We, you and I were going out for dinner and I put on my Instagram and I did a cool... I saw your story. I know yeah. you did because you were the only person that replied saying don't... Because I put up a thing with a long blue eyeliner because I was trying to get down with the kids. And I had my long blue eyeliner and I said on Instagram, I was like, someone tell me to take it off. And I got two messages at the same time. One from you, Alex, saying take it off immediately. And one from you, <laughs> Soph, going, do not take it off. <laughs> and because I have no... No identity. I, was just, I went for Alex. I was being literal because you said, "Tell me to take it off." I was like, "Well, I'm just going to make a tag joke and then take <laughs> oh it off." Like, no, don't take it off. <laughs> I know. I did. Too. I, I and I did think I was like, "I've got safe coming on. I'm going to look all pretty. I'm going to do it. I'm going to wear like a cool dress." And then I looked at my wardrobe this morning and I was like, "Yeah." No. And you've, you've got like a cool graphic eyeliner today, and I feel like we need to paint the picture for. Everyone do you know what I? I think um, it's really hard to make it like a part of your like daily routine, mm-hmm. especially like if you're just going to. So we're obviously because we're we're self-employed as well. We do we are a bit more like time privileged. But like if you're going to like a, a nine to five and you know you're going to like an office, especially like in an office setting when there is an expectation of how to dress and, and whatever, it, it can be really hard to think like to wake up one day and think, oh, I'm gonna try a graphic liner or I'm gonna wear something different. There's something that I really like to do is sometimes just to when I started playing around with like makeup or clothes, whatever, is literally just doing it at home, not going anywhere. Sometimes I do it really good and I'm like, well, I have to go to Starbucks now <laughs> someone's got to say this but like even it's just doing it at home because it doesn't matter if you fuck it up or if you're not happy with it or you feel a bit self-conscious it's not like you're then going on the world stage afterwards it's just like you're just it's i think of it as a bit like coloring it's like you're just playing yeah. around yeah. at home and then if you like it you can go on out afterwards but if not you can just take it off like you wanted to the other day like it's just I didn't just want to I just had to because <laughs> 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 yeah, I was told to yeah like when it when it comes to like makeup or fashion or anything like that like I after that I don't know what I'm doing like, I just do what makes me feel good like um, and if you look at some of my makeup pictures from a few years ago it's very clear that I do not know what I'm doing I'm not a professional um, but it is just a case of was just a case for me anyway playing around with it and having fun even with like graphic liner like this like make the eyeliner that I do today I've done that quite a lot now so I literally just did that in two minutes just do up whatever first time I did it I was like oh, I have no idea what I'm doing I'm just gonna get a pen and I'm just gonna just do just draw what makes me feel good and I've really loved doing graphic liner lately because you can literally just get a pen and just draw and just you know just see wherever it takes you but I think like that is something that really puts people off doing certain things especially when we're all so judgmental 
Um, and I'm going to, even though I'd like to think that I'm not, I'm going to say we as a society are all judgmental to some extent. I think that puts people off doing certain things because I think like, if I'm not, I, I don't want people to think that I'm trying or that I think I'm too great. Yeah. Um, I think there is that kind of like thought process. And it's like, who cares? If people think that like, oh, look at her, she thinks she's so good at makeup, it probably means that you've done a good job. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Or like, oh, like, they don't want, I don't want people to think I'm, I think that's where the whole overdressing thing comes in. Yeah, I don't want people to think I'm trying too hard. Mm. Who cares? You have had a bit of that on your Instagram, I think. Like, well, it, it kind of looks, it, I don't know, you can tell me, obviously. Um, but, you know, someone sent you a message a couple of days ago being like, why do you overdress? Or like, why do you whatever? Why are you like, always overdressed? Why are you overdressed? Yeah. But do you know what I think, like, just for the, like, I think that is like the minority. I think that is a very, also, as like, that person didn't follow me from the account with no profile picture, so cool bro like, yeah take that with a pinch of salt but yeah. I, I think I think for the most part I get I've really since, since I moved to London as well because I didn't really overdress that much when I lived back in Housestead because I was self-employed I didn't really I've, I've been self-employed for years I didn't really leave the house very much so literally was just literally in joggers and pajamas like most self-employed people people most of the day yeah. but since I moved to London knowing that dressing up makes me feel good I'm like oh well I can leave the house every day now and I can do this and whatever and you know so that's when I it's really started to think to come through on my Instagram but it has been a thing for years like for in my family at least when we go out somewhere that I will be overdressed appropriately right. overdressed <laughs> like it's just the thing like if, if I show up to like a family function and I'm not the Kim of the family shall we say <laughs> my mother will literally be like what's wrong you've like not made an effort and that's not because she thinks I look bad or anything like that it's because I've not done something that makes me feel good so it's it's really funny to watch like people's like external reactions for like in like in my family it's been a it's been a thing well it just is a thing in our family that that's, that's who I am um, just very dramatic and over the top, especially when it comes to fashion. Um, but yeah, I would say for the most part, since I've moved to London, I've had such a, like, I feel very, almost like cheered on. I think with Instagram, we do talk about trolling and stuff a lot, and rightly so, because it's something we need to talk about. But also as well, I do just feel so, like, cheered on by, like, my little, like, community as well. Like, is sometimes you'll be wearing, like, an outfit and whatever, and I won't think anything of it, I post it, and then they will just, it's almost like I just feel like I've got a load of little gay people in my phone who are just, <laughs> who are just like, yes, go on, do it! Yeah, right. And, like, you know, and, and something I, I really, it does make me feel a little bit sad and something that, but, like, I do, like, I love hearing as well as when people are like, oh, you know, I've not got the confidence to dress like you, but I would love to start experimenting my style. I'm going to start trying or something like that. And, and that just makes me really happy because... I just think like, you know, it's, I think to when I wasn't that confident and like experimenting with your style when you're not very confident is like a daunting thing to do. Um, and I just think like, I, even if we're not very confident in us, confident in ourselves, it does take a lot to be happy for someone else and to be cheering someone else on. I think that is a big thing to do. So I do, you know, always like love seeing that and love seeing people be very like self-aware and kind of like, but like, I'm not at that point now, but I'm really happy for you. And like, I want to. I want to kind of help myself get to that point. I, I'm wondering if like the, because we all get it on social media, we all get the trolling and the negativity. Does it ever get to you? Or do you feel like you're pretty Im impermeable to it now? Oh, yeah, the full on breakdown last year. Oh, like, you did? Like okay. a full on, right. like clinical emotional breakdown. I mean, with I think because if you follow me, everyone knows about the situation. It's like a thing. But that was largely from the fitness community. And I think that's why now that I've moved to London, I do, I am leaning a lot more into fashion, not just in my content, but also within like my personal life and what I associate myself with, because I do feel so much more 
accepted or at least celebrated in fashion than I have ever done in fitness. Really? Um, and I think that's just because of what the fitness industry is built on, which is straight, white, able-bodied, buff people, which is not me as a queer disabled woman who is not, even though I'm literally a size 12, so I don't understand all the fat phobic comments that I get. Not that they'd be right even if I was fat, but like I don't get them because it's like, if you think that that I am like... Do you know what I mean? Like it just, yeah, yeah. it just, it, it. One thing that really opened up when I started to they, those comments, I know it's really, really ramped up. Start last year, and the one thing that my friends who aren't influencers, who aren't in the fitness industry, can understand is, but like, but we look at you and we see like a fit person, yeah. you know. So I, that's when it really made me realize of like how awful the industry must be, the experience must be for women who actually are plus size who actually are fat because I'm a size 12 I'm medium size I'm not ripped you know I'm probably I'm a bit bigger than most of the fitness people that I've been associated with in the last few years but I can even imagine that my experience is nowhere near what they must experience as well yeah and in the grand scheme of things you're only like very marginally away from what the those fitness buffs like you know actually look like so yeah but it's it's crazy that I I always thought that I was and I've always always been a very thick skinned person like always have been um but even like last year like it got to a point where the comments were so it was happening what's happening all the time it was happening so happening so much exclusively in the fitness industry um but also the volume at which they were happening like it could be one post and it wouldn't be on my account. It, it would normally be on an account that I was reposted on. And then the, all the people that commented on those ones, like hating on those ones, would then follow me to my account and then start commenting on my posts, DMing me. And then like almost, it, was, it felt like a hunt almost. And it was just like, it got to a point where I thought, well, I'm a really, really strong person. Imagine if you didn't have my, yeah. like, I don't know what the word is, thick skin. If you didn't have that, I couldn't imagine what it would be like because it broke me to a point where like I am only recently getting back into fitness and getting back into the industry and I'm only starting thinking about doing fitness content again. So I couldn't imagine what it must be like if you were a little bit less um, thicker skinned, I guess. Why do you think those people were doing that? I don't know. I think there is a part of me that thinks, do, do, you, just, do you just hate me? And do you just hate what I look like? Or do you hate the fact that I don't hate myself? Which sounds much more likely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think they, I think a lot of the people who who do these things and say those things on social media, I think a lot of them are very, very insecure. Um, I think you've got to be. Because now that I think about how happy I am in my life, I can, the way that I always think of it, right, is Beyonce and Taylor Swift are not spending their days trolling people on social media. They're two people that I absolutely love and absolutely respect, and they're not spending their time doing shit like that. So anyone who I think who is really happy and content in their lives doesn't spend their time that way. And I I think to spend your life hunting someone and trolling someone just absolutely unnecessarily on social media, you've got to be unhappy in your life. I don't think there's any other explanation for it. And the thing is, they don't know enough about you to hate you. They literally see a, p- a picture on a page and then go to your... Like, they don't know enough to hate you. So they're, and they don't, they're projecting, but they don't realise yeah. they're projecting. They hate... that. I think that they probably, you know, for example, if someone's made the comment about my body or, you know, or my disability or whatever it is, they're probably very insecure in their own body. See someone who doesn't fit the norm that they feel so pressured to fit... And then thinking, well, why are you happy? 
you don't look like the way that I think I should look like, but why are you happy with it? Why are you not bothered by it? I'm going to make you bothered by it. And I, I think a lot of the time, they don't even realise that that's the projection that's going on behind it. But I think that's what it is. I think it's less of a case of them hating me or anyone who could be me and more hating the fact that we don't hate ourselves I think that's what it is and thinking well she's got a big social media following she'll be fine exactly oh and, and a lot of the times what sometimes when I reply not all the time but sometimes you do get I don't think you'd say this yeah so what you just thought this was your diary entry yeah. literally like it's, I mean I've spoken to you about it like as a as a friend but then you know like we've also seen it online and last year was it doesn't, I can't rash, you know, you, you, you sound so, um, like, I don't want to say like mature, but it, you're so rational speaking about it there. And you're like, oh, well, this is probably why, and this is probably why. But I, I don't know if it's just because, like, I adore and admire you and I want to protect you. But it was like, when they fuck it, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what the fuck are yeah. you doing? It's, it's, it, you know, it's good of you to rationalise it. And, and yes, these people are probably sad, but also mostly I'm just like, there's something fundamentally really sinister here yeah because you didn't do anything you have been such an important voice in the fitness space and for such a long time and you know what you're sharing as well as being like just super practical um it's also amazing to see and it's empowering and exciting and 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 it's cool to see you living your life and and you should be able to do it wherever and and the fact that that you were pushed out really is sinister yeah I think there is an element of it though and I think I learned this very, very quickly, not just from my experiences, but also watching um, other women in media and everything, so so on and so forth. There's only, as a woman, especially as a queer disabled woman, there's only so much grace where a lads to have with our humanity. Um, there's only so much reaction we're allowed to have because I learned very quickly when I did react in a human way and not a rationalised womanly way I was very quickly rude yeah very quickly um well we know if you can't handle this job you you know you need to leave very quickly made to feel like or shown that you're not allowed to have a reaction um there is a there's a Taylor Swift quote which she says a man is allowed to react a woman is only allowed to overreact and it's so so true because there'd be times where a lot of the time and you'll, you'll see from my stories where I've been like showing it and being and throwing a very rationalized response people are like I don't understand how you could be so rational you're far too kind to these people but when I have been human and when I have just been like who the fuck are you fuck off I'm, I'm instantly told you're rude, you're this, you're that, you're whatever. Not you're a human having a reaction to someone who has done an abhor- abhorrent thing. Mm. There's a very, very quickly learn that you're only allowed so much reaction as a woman, yeah. which is disgusting. We talked about this in a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, when it was about how often and and we were talking about it in the context of men and women, but often when it comes to the discussion of feminism and stuff, it's so... Uh, common for it to be the the victim's job to hold the hand and and uh, that like and be the bigger person yeah yeah I'm gonna educate you and I'm gonna I'm gonna empathize with you and we'll work out why you're feeling like this and we'll work on it together and it's like oh fuck off like I don't this this isn't my shit why have I got to carry your shit but you have done a I mean you did carry a lot of shit to, to keep existing within the fitness space, you had to, it was like a fight for you, and that's so it was so unfair. It went on. I mean, it was all it was all of last year, pretty much, 
and yeah, it was hard. And I carried, I carried all of that on my LC. I think, like you know, we spoke about it a lot and whatever. Um, but I think it really got to a point where I think people were kind of very numb to it, and I was almost very numb to it until I'd realised that like I was like severely depressed and like had a breakdown, but didn't put two and two together. Because I just become so accustomed to like, well, this is what you experience in this space as this person and not you shouldn't be experiencing this. You can remove yourself from the situation yeah. until, you know, they deserve your presence, yeah. you know. And I think like that's something that like I did a lot of last year is whenever anything would happen or whatever, I would not only think about how I wouldn't think about how it affected me. I would always give myself five minutes to cry and then brush it off. But that's how I would deal with it. And then instantly my first thought process would be, I don't want another young disabled woman to see this and then feel like she didn't belong. So whenever anything would happen, I would then try and come back 10 times harder, um, showing up more in the fitness space and trying to do more for the disabled community. And I felt like I was trying to look out for everyone else and then no one in return was looking out for me. But it just goes to show you a lot that I almost tried to put myself as like in, in the spotlight more and then be like, no, it's okay. It's a safe space and trying to make it a safe space when I was really not in a safe space, like whatsoever. I think that's why it's so amazing to see you so happy now because you were so affected last year. So it's like, like a little butterfly um, (laughs) emerging, but it is bullshit like it is bullshit and it's it's great even just to see you back in the gym also sick gym in your new place but like it's really that's like that's what we'll do you come over and we'll go to the gym oh don't <laughs> honestly I do, I, yeah come on now <laughs> um, yeah no it's, i like it's so nice again just to see those those mirror selfies on your story and like your I iconic that's, poses that's, yeah <laughs> but that's kind of what i had to really um like lean back into like when i when I knew it was going into the new year and I, I knew I was going to be moving in the new year was really leaning into what makes me happy? What do I want to do? And I knew fitness was fitness used to be a very safe place for me. It used to be what made me happy, but I knew it wasn't anymore. So I had to remove myself from certain equations so I could make it to safe space again and kind of do things for me that felt right. So I knew that like, right. Okay. So you I do want to go back to fitness content, but I knew I couldn't do it straight away. I'm like, let's just give yourself a month just enjoying the gym and then I can reassess with myself and see where I am so that's something that I like had to do but I had to really think about what do you enjoy why do you enjoy it what makes you feel good and like for the gym for example it was like getting ready for the gym putting on I always get ready to a live Beyonce performance that's what I do it has to be a live performance that's I want to just a, like be in your head that's <laughs> <laughs> a very important you know part it's normally her 2016 VMA performance if anyone needs any inspo but like it was stuff like that that like that made me feel good and I thought like, that's the stuff that I'd kind of like lost that like, I you know there was so much negativity and nonsense going on I thought I need to turn my back on that and I need to lean into that other stuff that makes me feel good whether it's something as cheesy as listening to it like Beyonce performance while getting ready to the gym and you know like and doing things like that that they just make me feel good that's that's really what I needed to do for myself this year um and I think I can I can imagine that sort of reasoning not reasoning but like trying to understand why people do what they did to you probably leads to to a pace of feeling like 
I just feel sorry for them. Like, that's really sad. And that's probably a much better place to be in than anger. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, something, something my dad always taught me when I was growing up is there's always a reason that people behave the way that they do. Um, I mean, he taught me that from a really, really the young age. It's probably one of the reasons why I went on through psychology because I've always wanted to understand the way people behave. Why? You know, the way that they do. Context, I did psychology at uni. But yeah, I mean, because I, I grew up with, I don't for concept, I don't have a relationship with my mum. I grew up with an abusive mum. So I think for a very young age, I've always tried to rationalise why people behave the way that they do. But I think something that I've only very recently learned is, yes, what my dad said is true. There is a reason why people behave the way that they do. But the part that I've recently learned is it's not my responsibility to one, work it out or two, cure them and make them better. Yeah. It's not my responsibility. I don't have to do that. And I'm probably going to hurt myself more in the process yeah. of doing that. So you can have the the power of knowing that there there is a reason why everyone behaves the way that they do. And that it's probably not to do with you. And you can, you know, you can rationalize in that sense. But also then you can cut yourself off from that point. You know, you can look at something, you can look at a situation and go, yeah. well, you can rationalize it either way, that way, whatever. But also, it's not my responsibility to solve that situation. Absolutely. And hopefully, in a few months' time, a few weeks' time, a few years' time, whatever it is, that person will take on the responsibility for themselves. And I think that is something that I've really learned, is I the only person I have responsibility for in my life is me. Yeah. No one else is my responsibility. If you, if you don't follow safe, then you're an idiot. But also, um, <laughs> you're a fool and no one can help you. Um, but you do too... On Sundays, you do Sunday school with Soph, which is great. And it's, I've, I learn loads from you and, and so many people do. But it's like, it, it's something that, I, that you've done, I guess, you know, you said before that you show up in the fitness space and, and every time you would stand up and brush yourself off and you would do it for other disabled women so that, you know, you could be, you could show them like, you know, what, that it's okay. And, and you have put yourself in a role that's that's meant you've had to educate really and like hold the hand of and rational so you've had to rationalize the trolls behavior you've had to you've had to keep showing up even though it hurts you because you want to be there for the people and then on and then along at the same time you've done your instagram stuff where you are educating people about what i mean I, I, it's it's a, a range of things but but predominantly about disability and i think it's really nice to see you now it does feel like you're putting you first and it's really cool to see. I think like you've you've had to put everybody else. It feels like you've put everybody else first for a really long time, which I think is probably why it's so exciting now just to watch you fucking thriving. Like, <laughs> and it's not that you've stopped, you know, and, and it's not that you've stopped being empowering and inspiring. And it's not that you've stopped being a role model to other disabled women. And it's not that you are not doing Sunday school because you're still doing it. But it does feel I can see following you and being a friend of yours that you there's been a shift and you're first. And it's like you've described it. It's like unapologetic joy. And it's just like, it's stunning. I just love it. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's just an aura of like, this is me. I choose me. And it's just really nice to see. I think that's really helped. I think like with, in terms of choosing myself, in terms of like the education side of things, because I think one thing that always gets put on marginalised people, um, in whatever way you're marginalised, it doesn't have to be just disability, but it's always to be a bigger person educate us people always screaming they'll say like the most abhorrent thing you've ever heard in your life and then they'll be like 
ain't me. <laughs> and it's like, no, fuck off. Like, but I think that's what I really have to learn is that, like, I can create spaces of education and moments of education, but my existence doesn't have to be a fucking education piece. I no. am allowed to just live my life and be a human who is also a disabled woman. I'm proud to be a disabled woman, and I create spaces of education like the Sunday school and half the time I am happy to talk about a lot of things um, and you know and if people learn from it great whatever if they don't they don't it's not my problem but just learning that like if I if someone asks me something I can then turn around and be like actually I don't feel comfortable talking about that or actually I don't want to talk about that and like my whole life doesn't have to be jumping up the second someone wants to learn how to finally be a better human being yeah, um, yeah. which has been really hard to do because as I said, like always, it's always marginalised people being told, be be the better person or educate them. You know, you'll make the world a better place. Why does it have to be on us? Educate yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, educate educate yourself. And it's like, I think it is just so nice now knowing that like I'm allowed to be just a human being and just like have fun. And I was literally saying, because for context, we're all under the same management. So I was saying to my manager the other day, literally here um i was saying to her the other day like do you know what i think i've done so many so much of my career has been talking about my accident and talking about all of the negative things i've been through and being an inspiration and all of that stuff um but something that i really want to do this year is just be me and just have fun and just live my life i'm like because the majority of the people in this industry are allowed to do that. So why shouldn't I be allowed to do that? Yeah, if I'm going to continue to show up, do I just have to be a fucking educator? Yeah. Or do I have to be going through pain? Do I have to be a lesson? Do I have to be an inspiration? Why can't I just be me? Yeah. You know, in whatever way I choose to show up, because so many, uh, you know, people in this industry are allowed to show up in that way. So I'm deciding that, you know, from this year, I am also going to be showing up in that way. I love it. I love it. And control your own narrative, yeah. like, yeah. But I'm not just going to, you know, talk about my accident or, like, you know, just be there to educate people. I love that. Yeah, it's like, well, cause I have so many other things to offer and it's like... Of course, you're a whole person. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. like a whole human being. But sometimes it's really hard to get people to see you as a whole human being because they look at you and they see you as an Instagram infographic or they see you as a textbook. And yeah. it's like, I'm not a HR resource, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am a human being, like, who has interests and dislikes and, you know. But you've also, like, in the same way that everybody, you know, I think we're at a really interesting stage because it's our careers, but it's also our life to, like, document everything online or document a lot online. Um, and you're right, like, it wouldn't happen to other creators, but, like, you've shared your experience. You actually, you, sh- you shared about your accident on your YouTube. You, everything is available for people if they want to investigate your life but it's not hard to find no but people come to you every day they're like hello tell me everything actually more specifically tell me the biggest trauma of your life please and tell me in detail do they yeah it's honestly and not just even online as well i really noticed this so after because before my injury i um i was working in retail just before my injury and then i had a year off sick when i had my injury and then i went back to working in retail yeah um and i was working in retail way up until early 2020 so by that point I'd already done a lot of the big things done in my career um you know I'd I'd done I'd won cosmopolitan health and well-being influence of the year and I was that's working the most iconic photo of you that's my favorite when you just oh, won that, it and you got yeah. your award. <laughs> such a vibe but like that whole time I was I was working in retail a lot of that time so I and I, I didn't want to give up that retail job because that for me was almost like the 
it was a bit of normalcy and it was a bit of like security blanket. I didn't know. Well, first of all, I didn't know whether I could do this. I didn't know whether I wanted to do this. Um, but I thought, you know, I can kind of play the two for now. Um, at least I have like this retail job, which is like, you know, just a normal job. And I think a lot of peak creators do that when they're starting out. But I was doing like, some really big things whilst also still like maintaining this really like normal retail job, which is really interesting to look back on. But I was then also having more everyday experiences, which I probably don't now, with people on the shop floor and seeing how they reacted and responded to my injury. And it was sometimes if not just as bad, sometimes worse than the interactions you have online because you don't expect people to be like that in person. But you would get people, I would just be trying to help people out on the shop floor and then get people, oh, what happened to you then? Was it a car crash? Was it this? Was it that? Did you get insurance? And you know, you're looking up, I'm looking at these people thinking, who the fuck are you? Literally, right. <laughs> and that, that probably has helped me to be a bit more calm and rationalised when you get people online be like that because when it's your job you you want you can't just turn around about oh, fuck off like yeah. you're yeah. working you're working in a supermarket you, yeah. you can't you can't do that either way whether you're in the right or wrong um which i think you should be able to but yeah, <laughs> management doesn't say so um, <laughs> but there's a certain way you had to ret- you had to react um but also as well a lot of the time even if i wanted to react i couldn't because i was so stunned mm. and having a lot of that there'd be times where like i would I'd have to take toilet breaks or breaks throughout my shift because people would just bring me to tears. Like, I even, like, I did a post the other day about people moving people's wheelchairs and stuff like that with you in them. So I remember this one time I was in in this guy's way. Even that's a polite way of saying it. I was, this guy wanted to get past me at, like, the self-service. And instead of asking me, oh, excuse me, would you mind? He literally just moved my chair. Like, picked it up by the handles and moved it. And I really I feel like I was so stunned. Like, generally so shocked. And, like, things like that and things people would do and things people would say. Imagine and, like, I... someone did that to a woman's buggy, sorry, with a baby know, in it. Oh, it would be uproar. Uh, it would be unbelievable. Yeah. They would just be... Yeah. Like, he'd or be arrested. Or I just pushed you out of the way? Yeah. Because you were in my way. Yeah, just ran me over. Touching and you. your, like, your response yeah. was, oh, but you were in my way. Yeah. Sorry. Do you not know how to say, please... Excuse me. What would you do if you saw someone in the me. car park? Would he just hit them with his car? Yeah. It was like interactions like that, which I think like having them so soon after my injury kind of really showed me like the way people behave and the way people are around disability. I think like I now that I, I think back on it and I thought back on it now that I don't have like a job like that anymore. But I think my experiences in that job really kind of made me more passionate in terms of like the way that like just not tolerating bullshit mm, because yeah. in a short space of time I had to tolerate so much of it on like a daily basis. Mm. Do you still experience it now sort of when you're out thriving in London or is it much um, less so now? It's- I would say less so now. I think maybe being in the position of being a retail worker because people do just treat retail workers like shit. Yeah. Um, you know, I was... I worked in retail and I was able-bodied and well, and I got treated like shit, but just in different ways. But so I think maybe being in the position of working in retail maybe made people a little bit more less likely to treat me like a human. Um, but it does still happen. Um, maybe just not as much. And I think with being self-employed and just the places that I go, maybe I'm just not as I, I can kind of remove myself from yeah. situations quite easy. Whereas when I was working in that supermarket. 
I had to stay there the whole day. I had to experience these things. Whereas now, if there's like that Kim Cattrall quote where she's like, I don't want to be anywhere for even an hour where I'm not enjoying myself. <laughs> yeah, like, I love that. That's me. If I don't like a situation, if it's not a vibe, I will remove myself from the situation, whether it's online or it's in person, um, which is a privilege thing to be able to do. But also, I don't give a fuck at this point. Like, if, if I'm in this situation and it's not good for me, I'm going to remove myself from it. But yeah, it definitely, it definitely does happen. Yeah. I remember this is like a massive gear change, but I'm just when you moved to London and I and I remember you getting a comment saying that but you were showing off about your flat because, you know, you were showing that it had been like modified to make to be accessible and how great everyone had been. I remember somebody commenting to you and saying like, well, this is unfair because, you know, like disability welfare benefits is, you know, there's a lot of people with disabilities struggling in the country. And and here you are like flouting it. And I remember you, you being like, well, yeah, but like. So does every what? other person in this industry. Yeah, Literally. but also yeah. you wouldn't say it to like, I don't know if, if like some, I don't know, like, I can't think of an example. If Ed Sheeran was doing a house tour and someone's going to comment being like, actually, Ed, this is really bad that you're showing off yeah. this amazing house that you've got. The thing that, that kind of got me about that comment, because if, I, if I'd have got on Instagram um, and I was like, look at my amazing new flat and all the things that I have and, you know, and I was going... And, and I was kind of basically being like, we all have the same 24 hours. <laughs> Why can't you all just do what I do? Yeah. If I was giving it that attitude and I was giving it, look how easy it is to be disabled these days, then I'd understand because don't get me wrong, that's a dick move. I, but I would never do that. I would never be like that. It, was, it wasn't even that, that rule that you're talking about, the video, wasn't even uh, tips of how to make your house more accessible. It wasn't that. It was literally about me. Yeah. It's about me and my situation and me showing how my flat works for me, which is a shower, um, a shower bench. That's, it's not even the most, like, wow. extravagant things in the world, but it's just having a rolling shower. Like, that was, the, you know, having lower rails in your cupboard, in like, in my wardrobe. Um but at the end of the day, like with, with that particular comment that you're talking about, I didn't even blame the girl. I mean, I had, inter- I had interactions in the DMs with that girl and it, and it got a bit heated. So I removed myself from the situation because it was just getting too personal and a bit nasty. But I didn't even blame her for with the angle that she was coming at because there are a lot of people, a lot of disabled people in this country living in poverty and living in horrible situations. And I know that I'm in a privileged situation, a hugely privileged situation. I was looking for um, for a flat for an apartment for ages and I couldn't find anything because there was nothing accessible for me. So I had to start looking at luxury apartments and save for longer and move out later, which is not a luxury that everyone has. I totally know that. So that's why I would never hop on a podcast and I would never hop on any social media platform and then be like, this is how to move out if you're disabled and, and start yeah. preaching, to, you know, preaching to choirs who don't have the same luxuries or the same, you know, things that I do t- to make those things happen. And I think that's the difference, um, you know, but. I don't. I with that that particular comment, I absolutely understand where she was coming from because a lot of people, a lot of disabled people, people in this country aren't living with the benefits that I'm living in. And you know, I know that when I first came out of hospital, I was living in my parents' conservatory. It was winter. I didn't have heating. Didn't have a shower. I couldn't leave my house because we had a massive step. We had to get all of like these things done and whatever. And I was living in that situation for about eight months. Um, and you know, and even that was fairly comfortable compared to what most people are living in longer term. Um, so I, I can, I see where that comment was coming from. Um, I don't take it personally because I know that I'm comfortable with how I handled like my situation that I'm not boasting personally, 
but then and, and again at the same time it's it's rationalizing it yeah. it's knowing and it's understanding why someone is making that comment yeah but because you're saying yeah I mean you're saying you understand and you see where she's coming from but at the end of the day you can show whatever you want you can show your life you can show the good bits the bad bits the in between it's your platform and you can do whatever you want and it's so true there is there are people there are thousands if not millions of people like flaunting whatever they have on Instagram so yeah I think it is just a case of I think there will maybe some people that are upset that I wasn't like relatable anymore which I'm I don't want to spend my life being relatable. It's never been something I've wanted to do. That's, you know, why the fuck Nothing would I... relatable about Beyonce, is there? No. no. But the, the, that, that's do you know vibe. what? But that's why a lot of people hate her. But they think, you know, she's stuck up. She's this, she's arrogant, whatever. No, she minds her own business and she hangs out of her family. That's what Beyonce does a lot of the time. Let's yeah. be honest. We don't actually know a lot about her. Yeah. Um, other than the fact that she puts on a fucking good show. <laughs> that's all we know about B. But... A lot of people don't like, be- like Beyonce, for example, because she's not relatable. Mm. I think we see it with a lot of women in media. I think a lot of women, I think Jennifer Lawrence is a fantastic example of a woman who has tripped herself up trying to maybe be too relatable. Because I think it worked at first for her. And then there's only so long, especially as a multimillionaire, that you can keep that up. And I'm not saying I think she was fake and whatever. I think maybe she was just exaggerating parts of herself which were authentic and trying to make them more relatable. And I think she's a fantastic example um, of someone who... Do you remember back in like 2014 where everyone was like, oh my God, Jennifer Lawrence eats pizza. We love her. She's yeah. so relatable. And then almost seemingly overnight, we hate Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, she's she this, tripped up and she did it on purpose. Yeah, she's this, look more she's that or whatever. And it's like, I think she's a really good example of how like, well, why do we have... Why do people have to be relatable to us? Yeah. Why? Yeah, you don't owe anyone relatability. But I think that's what we were talking about before. Like people feel... Um, there's so much like ownership, I guess, of people online in general. But I, I think probably because you have given so much of your brain to us and like educated, and then people do just start to take the piss. Um, and something that comes up on your page all the time is is whenever you say that you're disabled, and someone always in the comments goes, "No, you're definitely able." Oh my god, don't! <laughs> oh, like the whole right. So just I'm gonna sum it up for the podcast really quickly now. Differently abled. I, can't, I don't think I could explain to you how much I fucking hate that word. And the reason why I fucking hate it so much is because it's only ever non-disabled people telling me to say the fucking word, right? If another disabled person had turned around to me and said, I actually like that term for myself, I'd say, bravo, babes, you do you. I'll call you that if you want to be called that. I don't give a fuck. But it's only ever non-disabled people telling us that we should be, we should say differently abled and not disabled and it will be in a post where I'm talking about you know I'm here I'm disabled I'm proud of that and then there'll be just someone in the comments normally who doesn't follow me oh it'd be so much better if you could say differently abled um actually they prefer differently abled well actually no you're talking to they who's they (laughs) and I'm telling you that it's no if if one if a specific disabled person has told you actually I prefer differently abled yes go ahead call them differently abled but that's i think that's another problem is you can't expect one person to represent a whole group of people because it's not fair on the person and it's not fair on the group of people whether they're succeeding or whether they're failing or whether they trip up or they make a mistake because well marginalized people are still human you can't expect me to represent all disabled people and i think that's something that i've had to really learn myself because i would always be like I can't make any mistakes because I represent disabled people in a really privileged position and, you know, I have to always be 
it has to always be perfect. So you have to can't make a mistake because then it makes disabled people look bad. That's not fair on me, and it's not fair on disabled people because there's so many of us. We're all different. To say that, uh, like, I just I want to just you don't need to answer this. I'm just going to put like a disclaimer out. You say a lot that you're very privileged, and you are. But I I can't for the avoidance of doubt, we have to say like you work so fucking hard, and you have done since as long as I followed you, and and obviously long before you. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no question, but it's just a it's just a sentence that yes, like in lots of ways, you are very lucky, but you have also had to contend with so much fucking shit, and the least you deserve is like your shower rail and your stunning view. You know what I mean? Like because you have done and continue to do so much, like I mean, great work in the sense that you can afford where you live, but also great work in the sense that you are educating and. Sorry, but inspiring. Feels <laughs> <laughs> so bad saying it, but um, but it's true. Like you, I mean, like I don't know. I just think you're a joy to follow. And you're I just think very cool. Very fucking cool. Yeah. But do you know what? That's weird. Cause I never, I never grew up cool. I was never cool. Never cool at school. Never cool at college. I think, um, I think maybe when I became cool if I am cool was maybe probably when I stopped caring <laughs> about yeah, being cool yeah. it's when I when I got to uni when I met people who I instantly clicked with you know my dan um Lana my best friends that I met at uni who I'm best friends with now um they kind of taught me that like it just doesn't just be you it doesn't give a fuck if you're cool whether you're not whatever because I've never been cool I mean I grew up in Basildon and as you say like I fairly I'm very very privileged now you know I, where I live where I live and the industry that I'm in but I've, I'm not someone who was born into that. Absolutely not. I grew up in Basildon. We didn't have, you know, very, very much. But I think that's now while I'm very aware of it because I, 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 there is, you know, we talk a lot about privilege and stuff now, but I do think about where I was earlier in my life and how different my life could be if I didn't, you know, happen to end up in this industry. My life would be very, very different. So that's why I'm just very aware of my privilege. Um, but also because well, I know a lot of young disabled women in particular do look up to me and I wouldn't want you to, like, you know, just to, I just wouldn't want to be completely tone deaf to the experience that so many other disabled people are having because I know my experience at this point that I'm in my, li- at my life now isn't representative and it's not relatable for a lot of disabled people. It doesn't diminish my experience. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't enjoy it, but also being aware that it's not, it's not going to represent the many. And I was going to say this before, but like, if people are only following you because you're relatable to them, or like they make you feel like better or whatever, then they're not really following you for you, are they? Yeah, that I just, I don't they're know. They're following I'm... you for what you can do for them in terms of like make them feel, but they're not actually following you for you. So I think it's, yeah, it's almost kind of good when those people show themselves a little I bit. Do, I then... do find the whole relatability thing just so interesting because I think about people who I look up to and people who I follow and people who I really, really love and respect, but I don't respect them or I don't follow them or take an interest in them and their art or their music, whatever it is, because they're relatable. The people that I, I love are not relatable. Beyonce's life is nothing like my life. Taylor's life is nothing like my life. But I love them. I love what they represent and I love the work they put out, but... I think maybe that maybe it's a problem more specifically we feel it as influencers because people do have more access to us. Um, 
and they do yeah. maybe people do expect us to be just more relatable because of that access I don't know and I think they also feel like they've supported you so you it's a kind of transactional thing so yeah. like look I've been I was there for yeah. bad times and I remember last year when you was crying loads and I sent you that nice DM and now look what you've done you've made me feel shit and where are yeah. you you're not where's my nice DM but I think and, that's something that like I've really learned as well because I, I do as you said I've shared I share a lot on social media this particularly is being very open and very honest in terms of things to do with disability and whatever but people don't actually know a lot about me personally my personal life I think a lot of people think they do but I'll never talk about what's going on in my relationships my dating I never talk about online because that's private for me yeah. um, but I think there are I think majority I would say actually probably of influencers online do share almost every part of their life but that's something that I learned very on is like, no, there needs to be something that is just for me. Um, because I think the second you put something online and you put it out for other people's eyes, not only is it there for everyone to judge whether, you know, they're meaning to or not, but also as well, you're going to have so many opinions naturally just shouting back at you. Um, and you have to have something for yourself. You have to have a life for yourself something I love about Beyonce we spoke about Beyonce so much which is so cool I love it. <laughs> but we don't know anything about Beyonce unless she wants us to and that's one of the things that I love about her is people will say whatever they like about her all she does is she'll show up to award shows she'll show, she'll show up here and there to a party she minds her business she makes great music and she spends time with her kids and her family like we don't know anything about her unless she wants us to and then we see some celebrities where you know you just think like oh just maybe um, don't tweet that <laughs> or maybe just like, you know, keep that to yourself. More, not just because like they're saying something wrong, but I'm just like, that's so personal. Mm. And I just think like it is getting more and more blurred, that line between what is public and what is personal. I mean, our jobs are so... Yeah. I was going to say, talking anything? to the wrong people here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I hold any anything back. I feel, I've said this to you quite a lot. I feel like I hold quite a lot back, but then I can't work out quite what... But, <laughs> but yeah, there is definitely I feel like we're stuff. open, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I hide quite a lot, but then, like, no one knows I have a brother. Like, I sometimes slip him in. Everyone's like, so people what, do that to me as well. Yeah. You've got a brother. Yeah. Someone, yeah, I put a photo yeah. of my brother up the other day on Instagram, and someone replied saying, Your brother looks like Gary Barlow. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but then, like, that, that is another reason why I don't show a lot of, like, my like my friends or like my family on social media you know like it's, it's one thing to put yourself in that spotlight and to put yourself in a because every time you put yourself online you put yourself in a potential firing line in our positions right as dramatic as that sounds it's true but it's another thing to then put someone you care about in there and I remember when I when I started to grow my social media I started to really sort of rail back how much of my friends I was showing and I think they were a little bit like you're not posting us anymore you're not posting pics of us and you're posting more of your influencer friends I had to explain like that's not because I'm ashamed of you. I don't want to post you. I'll post you on my private account. I just account. need yeah. more fam famous friends. So I can't. <laughs> I can't It's because like they're they're normal people with normal lives who aren't used to having opinions thrown at them every day about yeah. themselves. And yeah. I don't want to put them in that in that position. Oh god, yeah, most of my friends won't go anywhere near my social media. Oh god, yeah. Like literally nowhere. We were out for dinner with one of them the other day, and I had to keep saying to like because we were out with loads of like we were out with people who did Instagram. I was like, she doesn't go on social media. And then I went for a walk. George yesterday she was like why I was like I don't know she just <laughs> does it <laughs> what a weirdo <laughs> what's next for you what's next for me big question sorry VMAs oh. <laughs> VMAs yeah. yeah. uh, just whenever Beyonce's falling I'm there just whoa you got this girl 
No, my next plans. I've, I've, you know, I thought about this a lot because I'm very much the person, a person who is like, I, I always want to know where I'm going. I always want to have a plan. I want to have a clear route. Going into this year, I knew I was going to be moving to London, but also I was leaving certain situations and I was trying new things and, you know, doing doing new things and leaving old things. And I just kind of had a moment where I was like, I don't, I don't fucking know what next year is going to look like. I have no fucking idea. I don't know whether it's going to be good. It's going to be bad. I'm taking so I'm taking risk here, um, which is not comfortable for me. But also, it was so exciting at the same time. Just to be like, I don't have a plan. I don't have a plan. I have security measures in place of you know for my life. But also, I don't really know what this time next year where I where I'm going to be. And that's such like a refreshing feeling. I know what we're going to have done. Your next plan. Your like immediate plans. Tattoo. Go and get a tattoo with me. And then go and eat vegan mac and cheese with me. And then chill at yours. Yes. <laughs> and can you do my makeup? <laughs> yes, maybe oh, that's what we'll do. Oh, he's just like fun yes. on me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I think like next time I see Alex, like I'm, she's going to be in like some like a bucket hat. dress. <laughs> Yeah. Have you ever seen me wear? I do have bucket hats. Yeah. I've seen you in a bucket hat. Yeah, okay. I've definitely yeah. seen your bucket. There's, there's not one, and this is a real compliment, but there's not one item of clothing I can imagine that I couldn't see on you. But I think that's because I wear it with confidence. Even if maybe I don't feel that confident, I, one thing I always say is you need to be wearing the clothes. Don't let the clothes wear you. Love it. This jumper is wearing me. I know it. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> Like, I am not wearing this jumper. I am being worn by this jumper. It's because you've got no identity. <laughs> like, I think we're going to develop identities, Alex. I do think you think? That's what we're gonna is do. this like a yeah. turning point for yeah, us? I think so. It's like a pivotal we can moment. We bookmark this for next year and be like, yeah. this is where we learn our oh identity. God, yeah. yeah. We're come back next year. Yeah. Yeah, can you come back on this date next year yeah. and watch me and Alex be worn by more jumpers? <laughs> I'm going to sit here you're going to be sitting there in like a fucking ball gown I'll be, yeah. gonna be there in a bucket hat I'll be in a bucket hat <laughs> bucket, bucket hat, hat and a ball now. gown oh yeah I've just got it just atop your head. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge bucket hat. And this incredible ball girl like stretches out to the door. Do you wear it confidently? Do you wear it confidently enough? Like, Wait and see. Like, I'm not being funny. We look at some of the fashion looks these days, and if it wasn't worn with confidence, what yeah. would it be? Yeah. Look, yeah. there's that saying that it's like it's ugly until Rihanna decides it isn't. And do you know what? Everyone loves Rihanna Love because her. she's fucking Rihanna. And when she wears something, she wears it. It doesn't wear her. It's like if you put it on yeah. someone who really wasn't feeling themselves and didn't really feel great in that outfit, we probably would look at the outfit and be like, oh, you know. But you wear it with confidence and you... That's that's so, I, I, feel, I do. We are, I, do. I want to go into Westfield right now yeah. and go and buy something green and just wear it well thank you so 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 much for talking with us today yeah thank you for having me yeah we'll see you this date next year yeah. this date next year see what's you can changed. choose the outfits i can't wait oh yes, yes. oh my god okay welcome back i hope you enjoyed the interview i can't hang about though because i have just received a dm and it's just me DM that Amy has forwarded me. And that's actually... I'm just going to go. Hi. Hi, guys. Hope you're loving your holiday, Em. Wanky bit. Love the podcast. <laughs> Seem to be constantly made to feel like a man-hater because I'm a feminist. So you amazing girls make me feel normal and never fail to make me laugh out loud. Thanks, babes. Then she, has, then she says, I have an Is It Just Me? Is it just me? Or does anybody else find that swallowing semen has a laxative effect on them. 
like literally pissing out of my arse. Hope I'm not oversharing, but I don't know who else to ask. Oh my. Maybe she's semen intolerant. God. Wait, hang on. I've got to Google this. Like celiacs, but semeniac. Semenax. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. It's not just you. Okay, okay. So prostaglandins are substances made by the body and that the body is sensitive to. Semen contains prostaglandins and prostaglandins can have a laxative effect on people. Yes, semen can cause a powerful laxative effect. Oh, it's a thing. A powerful laxative. Wow. Oh my God. I've Who never, knew? I didn't know I've that. I've never heard that. You see, diet culture had me so by the nipples when I was younger. I remember somebody telling me once that semen had the same amount of calories as a ham sandwich. Oh my God. <laughs> Never ham sandwich. I'm I'm googling that too. How many calories does semen have? (laughs) Ham sandwich. I'm like, what a toasty ham and cheese? Is it two sides? Oh, this is this feels so. This is making me feel really sick. But it's got between five and twenty-five calories per teaspoon. Something about the teaspoon. I don't like. Well, that's no fucking ham sandwich. I was lying to. By the teaspoon. Oh, teaspoon. (laughs) By the teaspoon. Oh my (laughs) god, who knew that? Honestly, (sighs) my sister has such like an eclectic vocabulary when it comes to diarrhea. When you said it was like pissing out of my ass, Katya always calls it beef stew. No, beef soup. Beef soup. (laughs) Uh, Like shitting out beef soup. I'm like grim. Grim, grim, grim. Yeah, gribbly. Um I'm actually that's so strange. I want to know how immediate it is. Is it like donk donk? You know what I mean? Like yeah. Can we in, have more details? Out, or have you got a couple of minutes? Yeah. Do you get a few hours before it starts? Or yeah, I want to know. I want to know more. I also want to know like how you come, how you came to the the connection. Do you know what I mean? Like, because how many times does it have to happen before you're like, hang on a second? <laughs> There's a pattern. <laughs> I worked in a bar once in South Africa on Valentine's Day, and every single man literally ordered pina coladas that day. And I was like, "Why are so many oh men ordering gosh. pina coladas?" And then the guy was like, "Happens every year because apparently pineapple makes your spunk taste juicy or some shit." Yeah, it's like, that- "Are you sad, little men? Look at you with your funny little cocktails, with your little umbrellas in them." <laughs> Is that true? I think so. I think so. Oh my god, my my search history. Hang on. I say I think so with absolutely no authority. Only that I, I think that one yes, I think and a so. lot of men spent a lot of money on pina coladas. <laughs> oh my god, false. While many people might recommend gulping what? down a few glasses of pineapple juice for sweeter sperm, that juice probably does nothing at all. Oh well, should have told them they were wasting like fifteen bucks ago. There you go. Well, no, not just you. <laughs> what have you got for me, Al? It's not just you. <laughs> it's not just you. Who knew it? Right, I've got an is it just me? Okay, gals, is it just me who still can't tell your voices apart? I've listened to nearly every episode now and I'm still finding myself thinking, right, that's M. No, wait, that's M. Is that Alex? So please, could you do an intro to the podcast saying, hi, and my name is, because I'm losing the will to live over here. By the way, I'm obsessed with the podcast and can't believe I'm having to ask this. Well, it's a bit late, but Alex read that out and it's me, M, talking now. <laughs> I tell you what, we need to get your mum in the episode because when, whenever you talk to your mum, you end up with your with your like more Scouse accent and you sound completely different. And then whenever you come on here, I do, I do grant people that you do sound a little bit more like me. Do I? Little, yeah, I notice a massive change in your accent when you talk to your parents and your sisters. 
in my head, I'm so northern. And then I could, in my head, our voices must be so different because then, uh, yeah. But I'm just, I'm one of these people, I'm a sheep, you know? Like, I'm just, I, I and I adapt to whoever I'm with and it's rubbish. Uh, I've got no authenticity. Should I start putting on an Australian accent? Would that be good for the group? Yeah, I think so. We'll lose a few people, but... Okay. Um... We'll probably offend a lot, but it'll be all right. So, hi, my name is Alex. Hello, I'm Em. There you go. Hopefully that helps. <laughs> <laughs> does that help <laughs> I think we she did ask for us to do it at the beginning so we've come in a bit late but so, I better, better than nothing M says like ask and bath and I say ask and bath there you go that should that should do it yeah basically the only thing I ever got because my, my whole dad's side of my family is northern and the only thing I ever picked up from my granny was she says vegetable instead of vegetable and that's all I've got so I've got uh I've got one from a girl. Uh, it's very short and sweet, so unfortunately no no praise at the top of it, but that's okay. She says, is it just me? Uh, I'm drowning in adulthood and the complex life admin that goes with it. I've no idea what I'm doing. Is it just me? No, it's not just you. No. And I have to say, no. like, I feel like this it's is not just you. going to lead me onto a rant. Something that I was thinking about before as I put the washing in, and I was like, is life just one big cycle of putting the washing in, taking it out, letting it dry, wearing it, getting it dirty, putting it back in, doing it all over again, charging your things, letting them drain of battery, charging them up again every night. Like, is this yeah. just life? And then every now and then you have to replace your charger or your thing, or you have to go in, you have to change, you have to clean out the filter in your washing machine, or say what you're doing with your plates. You can put dishwasher, don't forget to add salts, and then liquids, and then, oh, it's broken, so we have to call the man out. How are you going to pay for the man? Well, you've got to go to work, and then you've got to make the money, and then give the tax man half a minute. What are you giving it for? I don't know, because you also have to pay council tax, and you also have to pay road tax. Why do you have to pay all of these taxes? And then if you don't... I agree. It's so stressful. And I don't know about you, except I do know about you because we're very good friends, but I get really overwhelmed by like, just sometimes like I can crack on with my life, like absolutely fine. And then it just takes one thing and I'm like, I can't do this. Like even today, like I'm just trying to like organise literally it's like I've just got it it's just so many things it's just so many things and like I'm getting to the end of my holiday and I know I said I was looking forward to coming home but also I'm full of shit because it's just like you've got to come back do you remember do you remember do you remember when we the last time I saw you and I and I and I broke my car I left my car out I left my car because I thought I'm going on holiday so I don't give a fuck so I left my broken car outside my house (laughs) it's still going to be broken when I get back except I'm going to have no way of getting home because I don't have a car because it's broken and I didn't do anything about it I hate being an adult sometimes because it's just like well who's going to fix that me it's so hard but but also it's like you take your foot off the pedal for a minute and you come back to an absolute shit show it's like you just you have to keep up on on, on top of life admin, and I always wonder like how people have children, like how they do it. I can't keep on top of myself, never mind other human beings, and having to keep on top of their laundry and what they're gonna eat every day and brushing their teeth and making sure that they're clean. It's just too much. It's just too much. I, but then I feel like this is the no man's land. I feel like maybe 
maybe when I have children or if I have children, I'll be, I'll kind of, I'll get into it. I won't. <laughs> My kids will just be filthy. They'll have like, just like one tooth and just like very neglected all their clothes. Um, yeah. Um, but I sometimes think like in your twenties, it's the worst bit because you're still like kind of like juddering. It's like, you're still like learning to drive and it's just like, oh Christ. And it, it's just constant. It's just constant. And you think like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll get into it. I'll get into it. I'll get into it. And then you just don't. Well, you sort of do. But then you just turn around and then bam, there's something else. You know what I mean? And even fun stuff, even fun stuff doesn't get to be that fun because you still have to organise it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or pay for it. Like, even when you're having the best time of your life, you're like, got to pay for it. Yeah. And what I will say is like, in my 20s, I was flailing. I was very much kind of, lost and 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 in the wind with everything and the change has been in my 30s I've I've made a conscious effort to become as organized as possible but that doesn't really I mean it, do, it means you get more, more done like I'm definitely much better now but it doesn't take it doesn't take anything away you still gotta fucking do it and it's just it's it's just life man I hate doing things <laughs> I hate to-do lists. I hate the big shop. I Honestly, we need a separate episode just to talk about the fucking big shop, but I hate the big shop. Why do I want to decide yeah. on Sunday morning what I want for dinner on Thursday night? I don't want to have to do this. I want to get off the ride. Yeah, you know what I mean? And also because like, you're going to make pasta, but that doesn't mean just picking up a bag of pasta. No, no. You have to get everything that goes with the pasta. No. And I don't like that. No. All the things. And what, you, do you want to survive beyond 30? You're going to have to eat the vegetable at some point. Yeah. Fine. You've got to buy vegetables. You've got to eat them quickly because they're going to go off. How are you going to cook them? How are you going to make them taste nice? I don't know. Oh, all the time. All the time. And then what happens when, when, you, when you didn't finish it? You've got a compost bin? No. No. Because you're a normal person. And yeah. then, and then right, so you're just going to like just ruin the world by not recycling and composting properly. Composting? Compo- composting. It's a silly word. Anyway. It's very stressful. Al. It's very stressful. But I've thought of an idea, a business idea, a supermarket that every, like meals are grouped together, like the ingredients of meals are grouped together rather than all separate, you know? I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing thinking about this is the spaghetti bolognese section. Yeah, but what happens if you want to make a dal and you also need like some of the same ingredients or like a, like a chili? Some of the same bits that would go into a spaghetti bolognese. Well, that's on you. Like the, you know, my, I'm going to give you a basic array of meals and you get to choose and, and that that's your lot, all right? I'm already making life easier, okay? I Bye. don't like this system. No, I think you made life way harder. If any investors are listening... I'm absolutely out. If any investors are listening, let, let me know because I think we've got, we're onto something You completely here. understand why you're not going for it. It's, you're full of shit, Al. It's a terrible idea. Al, I think you know it. Uh... Okay, yeah, we'll just finish. I feel like we're just ending on like a massive extra... Set. Well, actually, just before we do go, my brother keeps getting very frustrated with me because I keep having these massive existentials. I think there's something about looking at the moon from the other side of the world where I'm just like, what's the point? (laughs) Oh, oh God. (laughs) I was sitting with him last night and I was looking at the moon. I was like, whoa, look at that. Like, isn't that just insane? Like, look at that. What's the point? You know what I mean? Like, in a minute, we're just going to be, boop, gone. And he's like, he just looked at me. He's like... Am I really struggling with your existentials this trip? Like, <laughs> I love it. I wish I'd been there because I'd there be like, okay, yeah, let's get into it. What is the point? What is the fucking point? Oh, I do it all point? the time. I keep looking at the grass. I keep, but I, I mate, mean, I keep, I, honestly, Al, I keep saying this to, to my Alex. And it's like me and Alex were talking about it on the flight, actually. What is it? Like about human beings, right? We've, we've, we've packed up like some of our stuff. 
from like one side of the world. Like just not all of it, just some of it. Like we've left behind like our animals and everything and our houses, but we just picked like some of our stuff and we we got in this like m- like this metal tube Box, that yeah. somehow flies and we came all the way over the sea and then we landed and then we got here and then we just took off most of our clothes and we effectively lie on so- on like sunny soil and cook ourselves for most of the day and then when we get too hot we just go and stand all of us together with these people that we don't know hot 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 people not wearing anything we just go and stand in a body of water why why it's so nonsensical to me and i keep looking at everyone i'm like what the fuck are we doing okay you're sending it's me really it's really stressing me out you're sending me spiraling it's the same thing with skis what are people doing they they go they, they, they stick their feet to just pieces of wood and they just they go up and then they just come back down again and then oh back to the top again and then back down again but then if you think too much about it what's the point in anything Al? what's the point you know what i mean you go for a run you wow. set off and where do you end up back where you started yeah so i hope you sleep well on, be- <laughs> on behalf of everyone listening i just like to say fuck you for making life seem utterly pointless so great this is why i need these books yeah i know this is why i need these books welcome to my brain it's hell oh god it really is um right well we will see you guys next week i suppose <laughs> we'll see you next week i very much doubt anyone's still here but if you are still here thank you so much yeah they're like fuck <laughs> fuck yeah what's the point what's the point everyone's just like packed up they just packed up all their shit they've gone putting their headphones in the sea they've gone a long way away but I've just had a really good thought. And the fact is, if no one can tell us apart, it means I'm going to start saying really outrageous things. And then if we ever get any shit for it, I'll be like, Alex. That was <laughs> Al. That was so Al. Okay. Well, we'll actually let you go now. We'll let you get back to the sun. And we'll let you go to bed. I'll go to bed. And, and next week we'll be on the same time zone. Woo-hoo! And then we'll be back to normal. Yes. Woo! Well, I've missed you. I miss I miss, I miss everyone. And, and, and yeah. I hope you enjoyed this. Actually, by the time it comes out, I'll be home. So... So don't worry. Of course you will be, yes. I'm excited for you to come back because I can start messaging you properly again. Me too. Okie dokie. Well, thank you everyone. Not my God, every time. Thank you everybody for listening and we will see you next Monday. We hope you have a lovely week, a lovely day. Yeah. A lovely life. And just don't think too much about it. That's the advice from the podcast today. (laughs) See you next Monday. Okay. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 